Hey, it's John from CityCast. If you're in the mood to pamper yourself a little bit this week while supporting cruelty-free products, you should check out Bone Cur Home and Wellness. It's the best place in Portland to find everything from chic home decor to cannabis accessories. They've got a curated collection of vegan and cruelty-free home goods and wellness products because their name is French for kind heart, after all. You'll get a 20% discount on your first order when you sign up for emails this week at boncoeur.net. That's B-O-N-C-O-E-U-R.net. And use the code BONCOEURCITYCAST20. You may not have heard, but in recent years, some of Portland's most well-known quote-unquote independent restaurants were quietly bought up by a local corporate holdings company. Places like Bamboo Sushi, Sizzle Pie, and Ava Jeans are all owned now by Sortis Holdings. But now there's concerns that Sortis Holdings is in financial trouble. So where does that leave all the restaurants they own? So today on CityCast Portland, we're talking with freelance writer Alice Wolf. She's been following the story for Eater Portland and has a bit more insight on what this new corporate overlord means for some of our favorite dining spots. It's Tuesday, December 19th. I'm Claudia Meza, and this is what Portland's talking about. For those who maybe have never heard of Sordis Holdings, and they're just still trying to wrap their head around it, like, what what do they do? Like, who are they? So Sordis is a holding company, which I didn't fully understand what that even meant. It's essentially a corporation or an LLC that owns assets other companies but doesn't do any of their own personal like business workings they don't produce goods or services they just own shares and so Sortis is based in Portland um, but they have brands across the west coast they're owned by Paul Brennicky who is from like a real estate family big real estate commercial real estate developing Mm -hmm. background and he has kind of a checkered past to an extent, I would say, in the eyes of some Portlanders, um, just because he does have like a connection to Bain Capital, which was co-founded by Mitt Romney. Mm-hmm. He also has partnered with um, private investment firms like Starwood Capital to get Amazon into the downtown Seattle's Macy's building. But yeah, that's sort of. So they they essentially hold a ton of shares of these companies. Mm-hmm. So in a, in a way, they do own them then, yeah, right. but they don't run them. Yeah, more or less. Like I mean, I think that all of the com- yeah, the day to day, all of the companies, I mean, have their own sort of inner workings and business people. I mean, they're all, you know, attached to Sortis and in touch with the board, from what I understand. The the you know, people on the board of Sortis, my understanding is that they're not consistently in these restaurants. Well, so what are some of these restaurants that they do own? Yeah, totally. So Rudy's Barbershop, they also own like all of Submarine Hospitality, which is a hospitality group that was formed a few years back that includes Right now, it includes Ava Jean's, Chikoria, and Tusk. It used to include the Woodsmen, but they closed mm. um, back in August, I think, I want to say. And in its place, there is this mission-style burrito shop, Los Burros Supremos, that just recently opened. Oh, they own that? Mm-hmm. Did they yeah. invest in their opening, or did they grab them once they opened? That's my understanding, is that they helped Adon Fausto oh. um, open. Yeah. Yeah. I hear they and have really good queso. That's all I've, I've heard. heard very good things. I haven't been <laughs> yeah. yet. And then they also, the seafood focused uh, La Leñadora is opening up also through Submarine. And then there's a lot of coffee brands. There's coffee business, CC Coffee, Water Avenue. Used to own mm-hmm. Barista, but that's no longer on their website. 
And then they own a lot of hotel brands. So there's the Farm at Carpinteria, the Woodlark Hotel in Portland, Thornburg Ranch in Bend, Mayflower Park Hotel in Seattle. And then there was this big situation with Ace, Ace Hotel. Yeah, I heard they were about to buy them and then something fell through. Yeah, uh, exactly. And I, is that when the alarm bells started to ring when you're just like, oh, they, they couldn't buy Ace, something's going on? I mean, I think that alarm bells have been ringing for different people at different times. I think that okay. for some people when that deal first started seeming like it was going to go through, I think that's when a lot of people like kind of, you know, realized who Sortis was and was kind of like, wait, they're buying Ace Hotel. Like that's kind of big. Mm-hmm. So, and that was back in January. And um, that was when I think I first really started paying attention to what they were up to. But then, you know, I mean, yeah, I think that the Ace situation falling through, that's a bit more recent. And I think that it's it's definitely making some people question what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. So Alice, why do you think they went after these brands? You know, it's hard for me to say for every single one. I think that each one is probably different. Um, mm-hmm. And it's hard to really know their like true intentions. Some of these brands were saved from bankruptcy. I mean, Bamboo Sushi and Rudy's Barbershop, for example, my understanding is that those businesses probably would have gone under if they didn't have some kind of corporate backing to come through. But it wasn't like a benevolent, like, oh, we love these businesses. We're going to save them. They just found, they were like, we can make money by saving them is is what I'm assuming. That is my assumption and understanding. Of course, it's hard to totally understand their true intentions with buying. I think that like, in some ways, buying a brand that would otherwise go under does feel like an act of empathy. But in other ways, it feels like it's just this screaming deal for Sortis. And that it's Mm -hmm. like, of course, you know, it's a great deal for them. This brand is not worth much anymore, but once was, maybe they can make this brand worth more again. So what does it mean for these businesses in terms of operation when they get, you know, bought up by a holding company like this? I mean, I'm assuming those who were going bankrupt, they get saved, but like, if they're not involved in the day to day, like, how are they going to make sure this, this company doesn't go bankrupt again? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. I think that like, they really have operations managers throughout all of these different businesses. So like submarine has their own sort of crew who run submarine restaurants. Bamboo has their own, like, I think that they're all kind of separate Mm. and I mostly feel like I'm familiar with like the employee side. Yeah. So what's going on? I mean, what are they saying? You know, do they think that the quality drops? Are they seeing an investment in, in what they're doing? Do they feel supported? Cause I mean, I'm hearing mixed messages from that. I think that it makes sense that there are mixed messages because I think everybody's having different experiences. I think that Mm -hmm. there are some people who like the idea of working for a corporation in which it's a very much like a clock in, clock out. You're not taking work home with you. You're getting paid decently well. The benefits are are solid for restaurants. It's hard to get good benefits in a restaurant. Um, If you work more than 30 hours there, you get nine paid holidays you accrue time off, whether you're part-time or full-time, actually. You get a 401k match. You get comprehensive health insurance. Those are hard benefits to to give as a small business owner and to find as a um, restaurant employee. Other people that I've spoken with don't really want to be putting their time and energy into a restaurant in which they don't really know the owner. There's not as much passion that the owner has to, to admit, you know, it's, it's just kind of like what your priorities are. So I know some people who really appreciated working for them, but you know, I mean, there's a lot of turnover because there's not as much, I think, from what I can tell, there's not as much investment that the restaurant workers have in the business versus some of these small businesses that you see throughout Portland, where there's been the same staff for five or 10 years for way longer than that, even, Mm -hmm. um, because they know the owner, they work with the owner 
and they feel committed to helping that owner see their vision through. Yeah. I don't know. I've never thought of it that way. There's something so sweet about that. I'm like, is that what happens? I had no idea. Yeah. You know, I mean, it depends. It depends. But I think some people that I spoke with definitely really appreciate knowing who they're putting their time and energy into working for. Yeah. But is there like a noticeable drop in quality in any of the restaurants that Sortis has bought? Like, have you heard from the customers like, oh, there was before Sortis and after Sortis? I have heard from customers a little bit of that. I think that there are tons of amazing chefs, baristas, bartenders that work at all these businesses that are working really hard. So I don't want to ever question their effort, skill, commitment. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I think, you know, one person that I interviewed for the Eater article that I wrote about all of this described it as like, now it feels like Ava Jean's brought to you by Chase Bank. (laughs) That it has this (laughs) kind of like, yeah, that it has this kind of, you know, more corporate feel. Um, I also though talked to, the operations manager for submarine. And he was like, we're putting in a lot of effort to not make it feel kind of cookie cutter. But I don't know, the minute that you're talking about a restaurant to me, this is my personal POV. The minute that you're talking about a restaurant as a brand, it's kind of like, oh, like there's a little bit of a shift there. Like, oh, we're talking about like how this brand comes off. It's like, that just feels a little bit different immediately. You know, like I've worked in a lot of small businesses around Portland and I've never really heard it quite described that way. You know, hearing this coming from you, a food writer in Portland, it does give me hope in where people's heads are and how they perceive our small businesses and our restaurants. Because I mean, you know this, Alice, they're all brands. Everything's a brand, yeah. you know, because I come from I'm like showing my like evil cloaks, like coming from marketing. I, you know, at one point I did work at an agency and like everything, you just realize you're like, mm-hmm. everything's a brand. Everything is, it's, I'm just saying I'm being comforted by hearing what you're saying. Cause in my head, I'm like, well, it's always, everything's a brand, you know, even yeah. if it's like, you know, even like my beloved Slims is a brand, you know, like <laughs> they have a, their whole thing that they don't care is a brand, you know? Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, let's take a quick break here. And when we come back more on Sortis Holdings and what this means for the Portland food scene. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. I feel like a few months ago, I had never heard of Sortis Holding. And now they're like mentioned in nearly every food article. So like, I feel like the the food writers and, you know, reporters started seeing signs of trouble uh, from this company a few months ago, you know, like what happened? What happened from, oh, there are these like this benevolent, you know, machine that buys these 
failing companies that everybody loves in Portland or, you know, whatever. Yeah. When, when was the like, oh, something, something weird is happening? Well, I think it's, I mean, I think it's a mix. I, I first started, well, there was, there was this, like, there's this meme account called Northwest MCM Wholesale. And they posted a bunch of memes about the ACE buyout and SizzlePie and all this stuff way back, I think, in, I want to say March. And so I think Mm -hmm. that was when a lot of people started to like have, you know, their ears open to this stuff. And then I started working on this article in the spring and throughout the summer but all of that, and I and I put it out in September, and that was all before any lawsuits happened. And so since the article that I wrote came out, there's been a, a bunch of other articles um, about these lawsuits that have come to fore in the most recent, you know, just in the last like three months. Um, against Sortis? Against Sortis. So lawsuits for unpaid bills. That it's really it's like hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah. that they're being sued for and that they owe collectively. There also was a lawsuit um, about an alleged wrongful termination of like a kind of higher up. Um, I believe that she was working at Bamboo Sushi and she is suing because she didn't get her severance of six months salary, health insurance for 12 months and um, a huge stock share. And Sortis has since like claimed that she didn't take her severance package. You know, there's been some back and forth, um, but they're still like kind of in the in the weeds with some of these lawsuits. Um, so I think that we're not sure how things are going to shake out. So they're not paying their bills. Right. There's, um, you know, evidence of, of employees not being happy about how they were handled. Mm-hmm. Um, but weren't there also like two big closures in November? Yeah, there's been a handful of closures. So CC Coffee and Rudy's Coffee, they both had Outposts in Beaverton and those both closed. The Woodsman closed, like I mentioned, in August. And then this Ace Hotel deal didn't go through within the, I think that was in November. But they're so big. I mean, I feel like... It's like this huge ship, and if a little water mm-hmm. comes in, it's like a, still a huge ship, and they could just be like, bloop, bloop, you know? But, like, if Sortis were to go under, like, what happens to all these businesses that they own now? Which is, yeah. I feel like, a good chunk of, like, the Portland brand. And here's the deal. I'm just going to say it, Alice. A lot of these places, maybe not Ava Jean, but a lot of these places, to me, were already just, like, corporate in a sense. I have a lot of thoughts, Yeah. Yeah, they already felt like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys are no longer this little like mom and pop biz. Like they're buying, they're buying uh, brands that have already shown performed very well and been branded. Yeah. So like, what would happen though if Sortis goes under? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's like pretty hard for me to say. I don't know exactly. I would imagine though that there would probably be another buyout. That it would be if it's not Sortis, it would probably be another corporation who would come mm-hmm. in. I mean, maybe some of these would really go down and, you know, a lot of people lose their jobs. Like, I don't certainly don't want that. Is it, I mean, are they still more stable, I suppose? Like these restaurants, you know, a lot of restaurants did not make, they make the hop over, you know, post-pandemic. Do you think these like types of companies actually do bring a, a, a level of stability to the restaurant scene? That's the question. That's really the question. Yeah. Because I, I mean, I think you really hit the nail on the head. Exactly. It's like, are they creating more stability or are they taking away the personality and the individuality? I, I think that like owning and running a restaurant, regardless of who is the higher ups giving you money, whatever it is, like, it's always going to be a gamble. It's obviously going to be a lot harder if you're an independent small business owner. But I just think that like finding security in restaurant ownership is probably very, very challenging. And it's still a really tumultuous time, you know, like since the pandemic, it continues to be, Portland in particular has ha- taken a long time to get out of the pandemic slump. People have a lot less money to spend. It's a really dark time in this country in many ways, in the world in many ways. So 
I think, I mean, having some amount of like financial backing from a corporation can totally be helpful, but it's again, at what cost does that mean that we're losing a lot of personality? Does that mean that we're losing the core sort of tenants of these small businesses? And second of all, right, exactly. Like with these closures, it seems that there's maybe not the most reliable financing. It's not the most, it's not like a guarantee that your business is going to do so well. Alice, are you saying <laughs> capitalism is a sham? Does it not Can, work? <laughs> are you saying this is all smokes and mirrors? Is that what you're telling uh, yeah. me? Yeah, no. turns out. Turns Get out. out of here. <laughs> Couldn't be. Couldn't be. No, couldn't be. <laughs> well, there are some iconic Portland restaurants, you know, big brands or not. They're still mm-hmm. very much associated with Portland. I mean, what does it mean for us as like people who eat Yeah, that all these brands are now owned by a holding company like this? Yeah. Do you think that like Portland restaurateurs are going to be like, oh, you know what? This is our end goal now. We find a nice little sort as holding, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think that I have so many thoughts on this. I think that like there's a lot at stake. I think that we're, we have to think about why we're in a position in which restaurant owners would look to this and would maybe need something like this, you know, on the, on the consumer side, like (laughs) it's tough. Like I said, I think that, you know, supporting chefs, hospitality professionals, bartenders, baristas that you love can happen anywhere. And those roles totally exist at sort of brands. But I think that generally speaking, like my personal priority is to try to be really putting more effort into supporting independently owned businesses. And I think that if we all collectively did, then we would be a lot better for it as a city. There's so many Portland establishments that have closed in the recent, you know, few years that have been there forever. Zell's on Belmont or like Pied Cow, that kind of like dessert spot on Belmont that was there for years too. And then, I mean, we are also having all these amazing chefs and business owners coming in and opening restaurants that I think are fantastic. I'm like thinking of like Malka or Mama Doot or Pepperbox, Lokanta, Jerusalem Rose Market, the like Palestinian market. Like there's been so many amazing spots open and close. And I just think that like we're seeing a lot of voices that haven't been traditionally represented in Portland food history and they're not getting enough support. And I think that like again, I'm not saying that that, you know, we should just totally abandon any support for all of these businesses, but like there's just a lot of places that I think have a ton of heart that exist in Portland that I really don't want to see go under. Yeah. Well, again, Alice, thank you so much for, for hanging out with me and, and unraveling the sortus enigma. Well, I'm just still trying to yeah. figure out, like, what is a holding company? I still yeah, feel like, I know, I know. Cool. We're still well, on question one. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, when, once we wrap up here, I'm going to go Google it. So thank you. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. It's really, really great to chat. Well, that's all for today here on CityCast Portland. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more from around the city. Until then, see you at Slim's.